0: Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. You know, just seeing how the holidays are going. It's such a weird time. You take time to give thanks, to see what's important in life with all this craziness going around. Um... Anyway, I, uh, oh my God, I'm fucking, I am underwater right now. I got to take this fucking test by the end of the year. I think I'm going to take it tomorrow. And after I do this podcast, I'm just going to be fucking with my nose in a goddamn book. But I think I'm ready. You know, I had, there's eight chapters and there was like three things that I sucked at. The HSI with reverse sensing, which you guys all know about. Teardrop, parallel and direct entries. Got that? Yeah! Finally. Finally. I watched this wonderful person explain it on the internet. The fucking HSI. The second it reverses itself. How I do it is just like, well, what do I think's happening? Because it's the exact opposite. And, uh, and then the RMIs is just like, oh, yeah, they're like outdated, but you still need to know about these things. It's like fantastic. Like, did you guys know that when you're, uh, whether you're on the ground or whether you're airborne, if you're checking two VORs against each other, they can have only uh, plus or minus... Uh, four degrees error or you can't have an IFR flight <laughs> do you remember that Fred Flintstone episode where he went back to college and he was doing the fucking he was on the math team and he was on the football team and he was killing it on the football team but his workload uh, with the math stuff and then he started calling the signals he's like uh, 45 times pi. yeah I carried it to he just fucking lost his shit that's where I feel I am right now <clears throat> So I'm going to plow through it, though. But it is, it's fucking fascinating. You know, if I just wasn't under the gun, you know, if I started this fuck, if anybody's going to try to get their instrument rating, start in January. Go out and get the book. You got 12 fucking relaxing months to get it done. Don't come out of doing a fucking movie, you know, going into the holidays. I do everything the hardest fucking way. Stupid, stupid German Irish fucking moron. There's stairs or there's an elevator. What are you taking, Bill? Let's take the stairs. Hey, Bill, you want some help with that? No, I got it. I got it. It's a fucking disease. You know, in 2020, what I would like to do is I'd like to take care of me. I'd like to try to make my life more easier. Um, anyway, it's all going to pay off. It's all going to pay off. Um, I don't know. Uh, shit. All right. Well, I gotta, I gotta do a send off here to, uh, unfortunately, uh, another comrade has passed, uh, Angelo Lozato, who is, uh, you know, somebody, unfortunately, I haven't seen, I've only seen him a couple times in the last 10 years, but, um, there was a significant and important part of my career where I saw that guy four or five times a night for a couple of years when I was doing, uh, all of the uptown rooms, which is what the industry would call the black rooms. And, um, he, like me used to do all the rooms, which is what I felt as a comedian, you should be able to do. Right. I didn't want to be like the radio station. Like I am funny to people, white males ages 18 to fucking 24. in you know, the fucking Northwest hemisphere It was just like, just get me in front of a crowd. And I want to be able to fucking say what I want to say and do well. I learned that in the summer of 86 before I was ever even a comedian. I went to Great Woods in Mansfield, Massachusetts, which now I don't even know what it's called. And I saw two comedians that summer. I went and I saw um, Rodney Dangerfield, who was riding high off the success of uh, Back to School And I went and I saw him, and he was amazing. And he fucking killed, and everybody there laughed. And it never dawned on me that it was an all-white crowd until a month later I went and I saw Eddie Murphy on the Raw tour. Eddie Murphy, who, by the way, is hosting SNL this week, so you're out of your mind if you don't watch that. Um, And I saw Eddie Murphy, and I don't know why. I was only 18 years old, but it clicked. I looked around, and I saw the crowd. I was like, this guy is making everybody laugh. It was young, old, black, white, male, female. He had the whole fucking place dying laughing. And, and I don't know why. That just kind of stuck with me. So long story, I started doing all of the rooms. Uh, once I got the balls up to do it, not going to lie to you. And then um, and in doing those, I met Angelo. And uh, Oh, fuck, I remember this one time we did this gig. He booked this gig uh, back when Spanish Harlem was Spanish Harlem wasn't a bunch of white people that couldn't afford to live on uh, double digit Manhattan streets anymore, you know? <laughs> so he had this gig up there and it was to raise money for this school. I'm trying to remember this gig and we go in there and it's at the school and it was a weird time. It was like on a Sunday at like five in the afternoon. So it was like me, him, and I think Dean Edwards. And we were waiting to, with the show to start and before we went on, there was this whole they had these these cute girls, right? They were like, you know, fucking you know, doing this whole dance routine. They they couldn't have been like third graders, fourth graders, fucking adorable, right? So they're going up there to do their dance routine. So they put on some sort of like, I don't know what, some sort of music and they're dancing and whatever and it's adorable and everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, the breakdown part comes and I swear to God, they started dancing like adult women in a fucking booty video. I swear to God, and I was just like, "What the fuck!" And I looked over at Angelo, and I was just like, "Dude, what the fuck?" He goes, "Yeah, I know, man. They they they. <laughs> he just goes, they they shouldn't have dancing like hoochie's. <laughs> we just started fucking." we literally turned our back to the, to the performance and we're both just standing there crying, laughing and then thinking like, why is this acceptable to all the adults here? What the fuck? And like it's five in the afternoon and not only do we have to go on at a school, we got to go on after fucking, you know, eight year old girls dancing totally inappropriately so the show went uh, the show was actually I think Angela went up there and he fucking addressed it thank god and he did it in such a masterful way because the, a lot of the parents were there and you know now being a parent I know what it can what it's like to even even approach another parent with hey maybe you're not doing such a good job in this moment as a parent not saying you're a bad parent just you might want to look at this or something like that. Like it is such like, you know, trying, you know, to snip the right wire so it doesn't blow up. And he just went up there and it, it was just great. Cause he was, our, we were already laughing and then he went up there still like laughing and was saying hello. And he just seemed like, you know, he was just in this great fucking mood. And, um, I, I remember, I just was so thankful that he did that. And he was such a fucking great comedian And, uh, it's a huge loss. Another, another great one goes, but, uh, I guess that's how life is, you know? When you get to be my age, it's not like, uh, you know, it's what happens. (laughs) So I don't know what to say. So rest in peace, peace, um, Angelo Lozado, man. What a funny motherfucker. So, um... Speaking of which, I had one of my relatives, uh, my grandmother, she lived to be almost 105. One of the most amazing things about that was she went through three, like, generations of friends. Like, she outlived everyone in her generation, the generation behind her, and then the generation after that. Because people, for the most part, start, you know at a more rapid rate, somewhere in your 60s, 70s, and 80s they go, and she lived north of 100. So by by the time she got to her 90s, she'd outlived pretty much everybody in her generation and the generation behind her, and then she went another fucking 10 years. It was unreal. It's like she was basically the Tom Brady of of, uh, grandmothers. She just kept going. And then if you look, actually, if you really want to be accurate... Is Adam Vinatieri, he might be older than Tom Brady. But, you know, he gets the, uh, he gets the, they get the asterisk because they, they don't have to deal with the contact, you know? So, um, I mean, that's the way to go. You don't get the fucking PTE, you know? All you got to do is just keep one leg stretchy. The other one could be like a fucking, you know, you can get polio in the other fucking leg. I mean, look at that one guy, the guy had half a fucking foot, he kicked at 63 yards, you know? I'll tell you, people, you know, if you're playing football and your dream dies at your position, don't, you could always be a field goal kicker. I really believe that. Excuse me for a second. Ah, sorry. That's the noises I make when I blow my nose. Um, anyway, uh, let's plow ahead. Speaking this we, of, of that, this weekend, do, 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 do. the premier matchup. As far as I'm concerned, is um, the New England Patriots versus the Buffalo Bills. The New England Patriots have dominated the AFC East for the last 20 years. In fact, I don't think we've, we've, we haven't we have have won the division. I think the Jets won it like one year during this entire, maybe a couple, I don't know. I think it was like two times maybe we didn't win the fucking division, three times in 20 fucking years. So... I would think as a Dolphin fan, as a Jet fan, anybody in the AFC East other than a Patriots fan has got to be rooting for these Buffalo Bills. And what I want to know is, are the Buffalo Bills ready to finally take the AFC East away from the New England Patriots? Are they finally ready to put dad to bed and say, hey, it's our time? Or are they going to lose another, another fucking game? to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. You already lost a close one. You lost a close one at home. So now you got to go in there. You got to put on your big boy pants. Okay, you got to wipe the Buffalo Wild Wings sauce off your face. Okay, you got to go out to dad's house, challenge him on his front lawn. And you got to find a way to come away with a victory. Is that going to happen? Or is your franchise going to continue to be known as the wide-right, faceplant, cardboard table, fucking breaking fans, whatever the fuck it is they're doing out there? The Mick Foley wannabe fan base. Is that what your franchise is going to be? I mean, the reality is, is there's no... Fucking economic reason the City of Buffalo should have a fucking sports team, a professional level sports team. They shouldn't. You know? They had them in the past, right? Who they had? They had the Buffalo uh what was it, the Braves? What do they have? They had the basketball team. They fucking left, became the Cincinnati Royals, I think, and then they became the fucking uh Sacramento Kings, something like that. I don't remember. You know? Buffalo had its time during Prohibition. Okay? And then it just became another Rust Belt city. And every other sports franchise left. There was only one other one. But the Buffalo Bills hung around. And those people in Buffalo, they love that team because they hung around. But the sad thing is, is they think they, that they hung around because they love those people. But I'm here to tell you the real reason. The Buffalo Bills are still in Buffalo, not because they love the people of Buffalo. They are there simply because nobody else wants them. There you go. And I hate to tell you this. You're going to go into Gillette Stadium, and they're going to take out one of those razors, and they're going to shave your bare ass, and they're going to send you right back to Buffalo with the fucking loss. And there's not enough wings in your fucking city that's going to make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> i got to be honest with you. I have no fucking idea what's going to happen. There was a, the first game was great. And we have had problems with upper tier teams this year as far as like none of the games have been easy. And we've, we lost two big ones couple of big ones, didn't we? We lost to uh, the Chiefs and we lost to fucking the Ravens. And we had a real close one against the Bills the first time. So who knows what's going to happen? I don't know. Um, Anyway, still sticking by my picks. The Ravens versus the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks. Old sneaky Pete Carroll wins his second ring. In my heart of hearts, that's what I believe. Um. All right, it's time to read a little bit of advertising, shall we? Oh, by the way, I was down the comedy stool last night because I'm getting ready for my big show in Las Vegas. What's up with Trump? dee 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 Talk about your dick. Da-da-da-da. Fucking show, girls. Let's smoke a cigar. Um, I got that show coming up on, uh, say, night. Um, the fuck, it's this goddamn thing it just never accepts my podcast. It just doesn't fucking like me. Come on. I'm sitting here trying to kill fucking time, singing goddamn Bullwinkle songs. And what do you do? What do you do? You make me fucking type it in twice? That could have been a seamless transition. All right, so I was down the um, I was down the comedy stew uh, uh, last night. And it was funny. Yeah, I was just at one of those walking moments I pulled in. I was like, ah, oh, man, I, I wish I, I you know, I'd really love to hang with Rogan. The second I, I thought that, like five seconds later, I'd walk into the club, and he's on stage. We had this great hang, shooting the shit like the fucking old days, hanging out in the parking lot and everything, and uh, went up, tried some new shit, went okay, sort of yelled my way through my act. And then I went to the, uh, the original room where the magic is, and I went up there and fucking riffed on... Uh, this fucking subject and I don't know what it is about that room. It just, it just keeps giving and giving and giving and you just blow something out. And I felt like I got like this, I'll probably fuck it up when I'm in tonight, when I go down there, maybe, or if I don't Friday night, I'll probably go down Friday. I'll probably fuck it up. No one me. but, um, just a fucking great hang. I love that goddamn place. Um, Speaking of that, and then I went home later on that night, and you know what I—you know what I finally saw that I've been wanted to see the second it came out because I'm a child of the '80s. I saw the Rambo movie, Last Blood. Okay, <clears throat> I tell you right now, if you're from my generation, that is a must fucking see. Absolutely love that movie. There's not an ounce of fat on it. It is exactly what you think it is—a Rambo fucking movie. The man is not to be fucked with. If you fuck with him, I don't care how many people are on your side, you're gonna fucking lose. One of the most satisfying movies I've watched in a long time. I, I, watched, I put it on at one in the morning. I didn't even fall I didn't, you know Usually I put a movie on that late, I'm gonna fall asleep. I'm an old man. I just sat there, loved every fucking frame of it. Um... So two freckled thumbs up. Last Blood, it is a Rambo movie. Okay, if you're a part of the Rambo franchise, you know what that means. You know what to expect, and they fucking give it to you. It's fucking tremendous. All right, and I know some of you. Oh, really? You're trying to compare it to Chariots of Fire? No, I'm not. All right. Okay, plowing ahead. Let's let's do a little bit of reads here. Definitely check it out. It's just fucking, you know, the guy knows how to make a movie. It's like 90 minutes. Bam, bam, boom, done. Leaves you wanting more. All right, butcher box, everybody. Hang on a second. Jesus fucking Christ, this goddamn lingering cold. This is like a bowl. I've had it like two weeks. (laughs) Waiting for like fucking brain matter to come out. Sorry. All right. Butcher Box, everybody. You know, not everyone has convenient access to high quality meat. Luckily, there's Butcher Box. Oh, is that what starving people around the world can do? <laughs> it's called Butcher ButcherBox Butcher box believes everyone deserves high quality meat, humanely high quality, humanely sourced meat. Every, I know what the dead just probably talking about the United States. That's how crazy our food is now. You know, you go down to the goddamn grocery store, you don't know what you're getting. All kinds of dyes and all kinds of... Like, Jesus Christ, you know, your neighbor's missing. It might be in your fucking pork chop. Oh, Jesus, Bill. Every month, Butcher Box ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home. All the meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones. Each box has 9 to 11 pounds of fucking meat. Enough for 24 individual meals. You know, or six, you know, if you're a competitive eater or a fat fuck over there, uh, I've packed fresh and shipped frozen and vacuum sealed, so it stays that way. I can customize my box. or go with one of their other, or one of theirs. You know, in the future, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be have the exact same line of copy for a robot sex doll. What do I love about my robot sex doll? Well, I can customize my box. Anyways, or go with one of theirs. Either way, I get exactly what I want. It's the best meat shipped right to my Dua, which means one less trip to the grocers. All right, my favorite is the Heritage Breed Pork. It's unbelievable. It's the best pork shop I've ever had in my house, you know? Other than one time I went out and there was some celebrity chef wearing clogs who just fucking crushed it, okay? But if I could take his skill set with the quality of meat that you get from ButcherBox, I wouldn't even have to go to that goddamn restaurant. I would not have to valet. I would not have to get all dolled up, okay? You know? Bring my wife down there and spend hundreds of dollars. I could eat like that in my own home. Options like 100% grass-fed, uh, grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage breed pork. It says heritage pork. What happened to the breed? You know? It's like the old George Carlin bit. Sears, what happened to Roebuck? You got bought out. all right, wild caught Alaskan salmon uh, and sugar slash nitrate free bacon. the fuck is a nitrate uh, butcher box is the most affordable and convenient way to get healthy, humanely raised meat with butcher box, you get the highest quality meat for uh around for just six dollars a meal right now. you can get two pounds of salmon absolutely free plus twenty dollars off. Your butcher box. Just go to butcherbox.com slash burr or use promo code burr at checkout. That's butcherbox.com slash burr or use promo code burr at checkout. Simply safe. Hey, I want to remind my listeners, time's running out on Simply Safe's huge holiday offer. It's their biggest sale of the year. If you're looking to fully protect your home with award winning twenty-four-seven home security, now's the time to do it. All you friggin' rednecks out there with your AR-15s, okay? I don't give a shit how many guns you have. You, you need eight hours sleep, okay? Because next thing you know, you're putting on your overalls and you're buckling them the wrong fucking way and then everybody thinks you're something and then you got a fucking problem. If you're looking to fully protect your home with an award-winning 24-7 home security, now is the time to do it. Burglaries spike during the holiday season. You're a mean one. With, ho- with families traveling and leaving empty homes and expensive gifts behind, why would you do that? Simply Safe's holiday sale couldn't come at a better time. Why would you leave the expensive gifts behind? Aren't you taking them to the people, or are these the gifts that you got? It's confusing copy. Simply Safe has everything you need to protect your home and family. There's a smart lock and video doorbell pro to defend your front door. <laughs> Well, I mean, you've alarmed it. You're not really defending your front door. You just have some guy in the video. Hey,
1: knock it out.
0: I said, stop doing that. Get out of my house. An army of sensors and cameras that guard every window, door, and room in your home. If there's a break-in, they can give real-time video confirmation to police as it happens. That's hilarious. And they pull up. Attention, you in the red shirt. We know you're in the house, and we know you're in the bathroom. Put the panties down. Stop jerking off. Surrender yourself. So police respond up to 3.5 times faster. No surprise. Simply no surprise. Simply Safe has won CNET and PC Magazine's Editor Choice Awards. I'm surprised. I didn't know they did that. They've really come a long way since I first met them. Simply Safe made a holiday offer to our listeners um, in mind, with our listeners in mind. Uh, But it ends December 31st. They rarely do deals this big, so now's your chance. Visit simplysafe.com/slash/burr to find out just how much you'll save. And remember, this sale ends December 31st. Go today, Simply, Fa- Simply safe. S-I-M-P-L-I, com slash burn. All right. There we go. Where are we? Where are we? Unfortunately, people, I'm going to have to spend the next seven minutes of this podcast reviewing for my test. I'm fucking with you. I'm not going to do that to you. Why would I do that to you? Would you like to hear some questions here? shear. Where does wind shear occur? A, exclusively in thunderstorms. B, whenever there is an abrupt decrease in pressure and or temperature. C, with a wind shift or a wind speed gradient at any level in the atmosphere. C, with either a wind shift or a wind speed gradient at any level in the atmosphere. Wind shear may be associated with either a wind shift or a wind Yeah, baby, I'm going to get that one right tomorrow. Woo! I'm feeling good, man feeling confident uh got my e6b i'm ready to fucking do it all right let's talk about some other shit okay as much as i loved last blood i did watch a movie that a lot of people loved that i absolutely fucking hated and felt like it was slapping me in the face thinking i was stupid the entire time i fucking watched it you ever hate a? am fu- not gonna say the movie all right i'm not gonna say what movie it is because i don't want to ruin your fuck because i might be wrong Okay, I've never, in my you ever fucking just hate a fucking movie so, but you hate it so much, you need to find somebody else that also hate, like, is is it me? Am I out of my fucking mind? Oh, my fucking God. This movie had me pacing. I hated it so much, so I literally had to reach out to, like, three different fucking friends of mine, and none of them have seen it. None of them. They're like, yeah. I was like, did you, you, you see this fucking movie? they saying it's so fucking, I might, it's like the fucking hackiest piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. Is it me? And then I'm all up, fucking up there and then they're just like, oh yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah, I you didn't like it? I was just like, and then I got to like bring it all the way down. Well, I mean, maybe you like it. Maybe I was just in a mood. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know things. I mean, I, I watch sports. I just totally walk it back down. Um, oh my God. Jesus Christ! This thing had me fucking walking around. I'm trying to think. Let me let me pick one from a long fucking time ago, so I don't hurt anybody's fucking feelings out here. I'm trying to think of a fucking movie that everybody loved. Ah, Jesus! And of course, nothing's coming to me. What the If It had to been one of these fucking things. I don't know. You know what? One of the worst things you can do as an older guy is try to remember shit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anybody who sees me in Vegas, you're going to get one or two shows. Uh, you're either going to see me over the moon happy that I passed this fucking test or over the moon fucking funny because I flunked it. Uh, I don't think I'm going to know. Um, no, I wouldn't, I'm a professional. I would never do that to you. I would never do that to you. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm having a hard time finishing this podcast because I'm just looking at those two textbooks going like, I need to be fucking looking at those things. But I already know. I already, I know, I know all of the fucking chapters. I just got to fucking get that HSI thing down today, the reverse sensing, and I just have to, I got to do the teardrop parallel, direct entry, and the RMI shit, like fucking a hundred times, and I'll have that shit down, and then I'm going to walk in there with a sharpened pencil, and I'm going to do some fucking damage. All right? I haven't played drums in a month. I've just fucking just been like, fuck everything else. Other than my family, I am gonna, I'm gonna I, I gotta fucking, I gotta get this thing done. And this is gonna open up a whole new world for me. Oh, Billy in the clouds. <laughs> His brain is already up there. Do, 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 you know what's funny is I initially resented the test because so much of it is about fixed wing, which is airplanes, and not enough about rotorcraft, which is air, uh, helicopters. And I have to know all of their shit, but they don't have to know any of my shit. So with each chapter, it ends with like an extra fucking six fucking questions or a page or two or whatever of questions, you know, just for people who fly helicopters. But I still have to know their shit. They don't have to know my shit. You know what I mean? And that's not a big deal, one chapter, but there's eight chapters. It's like an extra fucking 50, 60 fucking questions. And what I want to know is why whenever I get on the seesaw of life, Am I always the one holding the other fucking person up? You know what I mean? If you look at the fucking male-female dynamic. Really, Bill? You're going to fucking bring it into this? Of course I do. You know I have issues. Look at, look at the whole fucking, look at this whole fucking holiday fucking horseshit. How much money do you got to spend? How much money is she going to spend? Huh? Is there a fucking Rodeo drive that a woman has to walk down? Is there a street like that in the fucking world Sat, a fucking 5th Avenue in New York is there a fucking street in the world like that that a woman has to walk down going like Jesus fucking Christ how much is this gonna cost me but I gotta do it cause maybe maybe this will make him happy going down buying like a fucking diamond encrusted fucking barbecue and grill fucking limited edition Louis Vuitton hibachi um with monogrammed spatula. Um, anyway, I am excited about the holidays, you know. Oh Billy, no booze. By the way, I've almost done it. I wanted to go January first to December thirty-first. I want to go a whole calendar year without any fucking booze. That's what I would love to do. Okay, what's today's date? Huh? I don't even know what today's date is. I know twenty first is my show. So today's the nineteenth. There's thirty one days. 31 minus 19, well, Jesus Christ, that's got to be 12. I'm 12 days away from achieving that. And I know you guys are all on the edge of your seats. You're not bored of listening to me talk about this. I know you're not. I know it's just as exciting. if not more exciting for you, the listener. Um, so I'll do that. And then I think I want to go, go a whole like, year of my life, birthday life. Like I haven't drank since I was 50. I'm now 51. I turned 52 in June. So now I got to go to June. Right? And then if I go to June, you know, in July I'll be approaching six hundred days. I gotta make six hundred. And then I gotta go seven hundred, right? And then I gotta go a thousand. Who knows? I don't fucking know. I don't know what I don't know what I'm gonna do with this shit. I can't tell you this. I'm a big I'm a big fan of fucking eggnog, and it has been really difficult to not fucking put brandy in the eggnog this year. You know, you get the fire going. You're watching Last Blood. You got the tree on. You got your eggnog. Come on. By the way, my fucking humidor is fucking bursting with cigars. Jesus Christ. It was empty. I was out. You know, holidays came in. Everybody got me these amazing, amazing boxes of cigars. I can't do that. So what I'm going to do is I'm gonna have in in January. I'm gonna have like three days where I have like ten friends over, that all fucking smoke. You know, and I got because I got like thirty cigars, and it'll just be gone. Then all I do is smoke three of them. That's it. Because now I do the Bill Burt podcast once a month, with the absolute force of nature juggernaut that is Burt Kreischer. And I gotta tell you, I don't want to give away the January episode. But I smoke a cigar in that one with him that uh, I almost had to go to the fucking emergency room afterwards. Like, I was not right. Like, I limped out to the fucking car. Um, It was enough tobacco for fucking six months. But that's part of the podcast, you know? We smoke a big, ridiculous, stupid fucking cigar each time. Um, Maybe next time we'll go ridiculously small. (laughs) I love how we feel like we have to do something ridiculous with the cigar. Like the two of us and the way we think isn't ridiculous and sad enough that we have to do this shit. So I don't know. Who knows? Um, Anyway, where am I here? I'm going to upload this fucking thing. Oh, geez, I did an extra couple of minutes there. Uh, Anyways, it's the end of the year. This is the time of year where you reflect. You try to become a better person. You give people thanks. And uh, I want to thank all you guys For um, coming out to my shows, watching F is for Family, listening to the podcast, um, (coughs) dealing with me coughing on the podcast, um, all the kind words about the Mandalorian there, and uh, all you people in Buffalo with a good sense of humor. It's going to be a great game. Good luck to you guys. Good luck. Go Pats, of course. I'm rooting for the Patriots. And uh, my fucking Bruins keep losing. Jesus Christ. That's good. It's good to lose now, not, not, rather than later. I was watching last night. I was watching uh, Edmonton. I watched the first, the first period of uh, Edmonton Oilers against the St. Louis Blues. And uh, I can't believe how much I fucking hate the Blues. It's ridiculous. I used to love that fucking team. I rooted for St. Louis because I wanted to see him get a cup and just, you know. There was a hit in the first period where this guy fucking went down, and the whole crowd's booing. I was literally screaming at my TV going, That's how you won a cup. The fuck are you booing about? <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw the replay. And it was a totally clean fucking hit to the point I thought the guy was faking it. Um. Anyways, I I'll, I'll, I think, you know, in 2020, I will let go of that fucking heartbreaking Game 7 loss. Um. But if I keep talking about it, I know people in St. Louis, will, they'll enjoy it. So who knows? Who gives a fuck? All right, that's the podcast. Please listen to this music. And um, and then there's going to be a Greatest Hits Thursday afternoon just before Friday. Monday morning podcast uh, afterwards. Another 30 minutes from a uh, Thursday afternoon just before Friday. Monday morning podcast that I did, I don't know, a couple years ago, a couple months ago. I don't know how it works. All right. God bless you. Go fuck yourself. Have a great weekend. Thanks. What's going on? It's Bill Byrne. It's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, December 19th, 2011. 2011. What's going on? How are you? Did you get your holiday shopping done? Oh my God,
1: what am I going to get, Marcy?
0: What are you going to get her? And, and a better question why are you going to get her something? Huh? Why are you guys falling into this fucking shit? Why can't you be an independent moron thinker like myself? <clears throat> I haven't bought anybody's shit this year. Um, just because I haven't had time to. So now I have to go where I don't want to go. I have to go out into the malls today. The second I'm done with this motherfucking podcast, I got to go out to the malls. I got to go out there and I look at the people with their fat fucking stretchy pants. You know Those big giant plastic bags Are shit For what You know Here's a question I have for you If you know I have a couple You know I got nieces and nephews I'll buy shit for them You know But there's gotta be some sort of like Just cut off age You know Like I don't know Thirteen Once you're thirteen It's like you know Fucking grow up Fucking got all these people in my life. They're in their 30s and 40s. I'm sitting there going, you know, what What do they want for Christmas? What, am I going to get you a bicycle? <laughs> <coughs> you know, you can't fucking believe what somebody asked me for. Somebody older just got married. They asked me to get them a panini press. You, 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 you fucking go get it yourself, asshole. The fuck? I what do they even sell one of those? Uh, down there at the douche store? <laughs> I'm supposed to go down there? Aprons are us. I don't even know where they sell one of those fucking things. Give me a fucking panini press. And what kills me is they live like three states away. It's like fucking mailing a pile of bricks. Goddamn postage is going to cost more than the fucking panini thing. I'd really like a toaster. Well, god go buy one. That's one of the worst is when people ask you for non-exciting gifts. It's either completely non-exciting or it's something down there at that fucking dead cunt store, um, fucking iStore, Apple Store, the Apple Store. Everybody wants something from there. I want an iPad. Can you give me an iPad? Oh, you mean that thing that's not quite a laptop? That's what you want, which is eventually going to be a laptop in six months? That's what you want? You want one of those just so you can be scrolling around on the plane? so you can keep up with the other cunts, you know? So six months from now when they come out with the better one that's almost a laptop but not quite there, then you're going to want that one for your birthday? Ugh. Listen to me. Bitch moaning and complaining like I'm not like I'm not going to go right the fuck down there and go do it. Ah, shit, I got to blow my nose. Hang on a second. All right, I'm back. I know what you're thinking. Bill, I thought it was just a cold... You're still sick? What do you got? What do you got? Ebola? No, I don't. I've just been on the road. I've been on the road for three fucking weeks. Three weeks straight. Is that a spider? It's a dead spider. You know, I don't fuck with spiders. You know, I, I look at them as a necessary part of nature. When I have a spider, when I bite into a York peppermint patty, when I when I have a spider in my house, I just I let I fucking let it do it do its thing. Kills bugs, right? what Would you rather have a dead spider and uh, twenty bugs or just one fat spider hanging in the corner? That's how I look at it. I mean, you know, I don't like any of them. I don't want any of them in my house. But if I had to choose, I sound like a racist right now, you know, talking about my neighborhood. Except I'm talking about bugs. <laughs> Let me tell you right now, I'd rather have one of them fucking spiders than ten of them goddamn flies. Goddamn flies ruin the fucking neighborhood since those fucking flies moved in, buzzing all over the place with their fucking music. Um. Anyways, this is the Monday morning podcast, and uh, this is—is uh, is this one of the last ones of the year? I believe it's got to be. Oh, there's one more. There's one more Monday. And so this is Monday. And what have you done that I fucking hate that song all all the all the Christmas songs put you in a good mood you know right except for silver bells silver bells just you know takes my you know if I was a fighter, you know when a fighter loses its legs, loses his legs and he just he just can't even fucking he's got no gas left that's what silver bells does to me.
1: Silver bells, silver bells, it's Christmas light.
0: And you're like, oh my God, are they going to pick up the tempo? Maybe they're going to pick up the tempo. Ring You know, there's a few songs out there that make me hate being white, and that's one of them. You know, other than that, you know, I'm pretty cool with being white. It's a good fucking gig, you know another time that you just really i don't know that i find that i hate white people is uh when i listen to ray charles version of that song uh georgia you know and i and the song's fucking amazing it gives me chills how great he sings the song and then right in the middle of it these fucking three white bitches and i could say that cuz i'm white <laughs> <laughs> they come in and they just ruin the fucking song with their background singing. You know he's all out. reach out to me. I know I'm butchering it. Something,
1: something smile tenderly. Still in peaceful dreams I see the world back to you
0: all right? Something like that. <laughs> and these fucking bitches in the background. They go, Georgia
1: on my, my,
0: right in the middle of it. Why would you do that? You might as well have just dropped my version of Red Charles singing and singing that song right in there. They absolutely ruined that song. I remember back in the day when I had this piece of shit for, uh, fucking 83 Ford Ranger, two-wheel drive, long bed. Factory wheels and hubcaps, big neon signs saying, please don't fuck me, blinking on and off on the front of the windshield. Uh, a little bit of rust on the passenger side door. And uh, I, when I used to listen to that on cassette, you know, because that was happening, just like Patrick Swayze in the beginning of fucking that movie he made about being a bouncer. Um, what the fuck? Roadhouse, right? I used to listen to that fucking song, and right before those fucking goddamn whiteies would start singing, i w- I would turn it down and I would just count three one thousand and then I would turn it back up. so all I heard was Ray, you know I heard that Ray Charles was notoriously difficult, and when you know and you start to believe that shit, but then when you listen to that recording it 's like, yeah, obviously, why wouldn 't he be difficult because he had to go to those studios and, and fucking people would do shit like that to his songs. Do you think I'm exaggerating, by the way, that that's the way they sing it? You know what? If that's what you think, you motherfucker, because it's Christmas, and what have you done? Fuck you, John Lennon. What the fuck have you done? Why don't you come back when you got that goddamn bitch in line? She's fucking up all the recordings. She can't sing. She can't play anything. She's in the fucking way. We get it. You like fucking her. Do it at home. Sorry. Um, I, I put that fucking song right up there that, that Phil Collins singing about the homeless Do they know they're homeless How the fuck does that song go? Why the fuck did that Where the fuck do you get off owning a castle Talking to me Telling me to remember the homeless Huh? Why don't you remember the homeless Next time you're having a threesome While someone's doing a fucking keyboard solo And you're keeping 80% of the door and fucking paying that guy as a hired gun. All right there? Forever balding? Who took longer to go bald, him or Jack Nicholson? I almost say Jack Nicholson every time. All right, what am I looking up here? Let's go on YouTube, all right? Just for all you people out there who think I'm self-hating here because I'm trashing white people. I'm not trashing it straight across the board, Okay. I went to Arizona and back and, like, fucking round trip, like, two hours, thanks to white people. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and they're fucking airplanes. Um. Anyways, what am I doing here? What am I doing? All right, let's see. Here we go. Ray Charles. Ray Charles. I got to type with one index finger because I'm holding onto the microphone. You know what's fucked up? You know the day you become a man... Uh, a, a more of a man, more of a disgusting, less refined man is the first time you blow your nose without Kleenex. You know, like you're running a marathon or something. You just do that. One. It's fucking unreal. It's scary the first time you do it, you know. You're like, where exactly is this going to go? <laughs> All right. How the fuck do you spell Georgia. I don't know how to spell Georgia I spelled it (laughs) G-E-O-R-G-I-A That can't be right I've been to that state Come on There we go That's how you spell it Alright, Georgia on my mind Is this gonna be it? Is this the original one? Is this live? Alright, fuck this I gotta hit pause I gotta hit pause Alright, I can't find the fucking thing All they got is live versions all over the place You know? Ah, whatever. What are you going to do? You know what I'm saying. They fucking ruin it. And then I went and I go on YouTube and I try and figure out what the f- where the fuck it is. And, uh, and I can't find it and that just killed my entire flow. Nice going, Bill. Nice fucking going. What was I doing? I was screaming about John Lennon. Oh, this has got to be frustrating to you guys as listeners. Really? I was talking about blowing my nose. Speaking of which, you know, I just took my dog out. And I just fucking, uh, seriously. <laughs> Why am I talking about blowing your nose without Kleenex? <laughs> all right. Now that I've lost all the female listeners, let's talk about something here that absolutely fucking en- enrages me. As opposed to everything else that keeps me so nice and fucking calm. Um, somebody sent me a story. This is unfucking believable. Some guy goes to jail all right for rape listen to this a man who spent 25 years in prison for a crime he did not commit all right he went to jail for uh, for the rape of some woman and in 2008 after dna proved he could not have been the attacker he was awarded 4 million dollars compensation that's what he got 4 million dollars for you know and and sex offenders get treated the worst in prison, all right? So that guy, you know, let's just say he was just some regular dude. He's like a fucking, you know, construction worker. Maybe he took a couple of karate classes, whatever. Now he's in fucking Thunderdome. People want to beat him down. Somebody's going to try to rape him or something. We've all seen Shawshank Redemption. This is what this guy went through for 25 fucking years, and he didn't even do it. Didn't even fucking do it. So they give the guy $4 million. You know something? Those piece of shit banker motherfuckers are going to come in and tax him and hit him for half of that. You know, that should be tax fucking free. But here's where it gets worse. All right? The guy faces a court battle to keep hold of the money he was awarded for his wrongful f- conviction um, because now his ex-wife who divorced him three years into his life sentence, has taken him to court in a bid to get a share of the $4 million compensation. She claims he owes her the money that she would have been entitled to had they divorced and shared their assets. Can you fucking believe this shit? This guy went to jail. For the worst fucking crime. All right? One of them. It's got to be up there if you want to fucking argue about it. Right? He didn't even do it. He's sitting there going, honey, I didn't do this. You got to stick by my side. She hangs in there for three years. Go fuck yourself. I'm out of here. What do you think she's been doing for the last fucking 22 years? As far as I can tell... Besides not working on a career, she's been out there sucking a whole bunch of other dicks. That's what she's been doing. So now it turns out that this motherfucker didn't do it. Okay? And she's stuck by his fucking side. Stuck by his fucking side. This right here is a Hollywood movie. But she fucking left. All right? She left until her stankin' puss smelt all that fucking money. All right? And this is what I want to know. Why isn't this fucking show on The View right now? On one of those shows with all the ladies. Why isn't it on those shows? Why do they constantly show only guys doing shit to women? You know? I get it. Some fucking psycho throws acid on his ex-girlfriend. You got to expose that guy. You got to teach people about that shit. But how about a little bit of fair and balanced reporting? You think they're going to go after this fucking thing? You think if those fucking whores saw this story in the green room, you'd think they'd be like, oh, you know what, maybe we should talk about this. They're never talking about shit like this. All they do is talk about when bad shit happens to women. And if, you, if I, like this shit here that I'm talking about would come off as fucking misogynistic. Hatred towards women. It's unreal. Well, you're taking this isolated, this isolated incident and then you know I'm not. This isn't an isolated incident. Sugar Shane Mosley's getting a divorce, one of the greatest boxers of all time. His ex-wife not only taking his fucking money, all right, she wants the championship belts too, and she was awarded them. This kind of shit happens all the fucking time. Unfucking believable Can you find, fu- and I'll tell you what the funny thing is, she's going to get some money. She'll get money out of it. The same way you hold the door for them, they don't pay for their fucking drinks, they turn around and get hammered, throw a drink in your face, and then the bouncer puts you in a chokehold, drags you out, and then you go to court for disturbing the fucking peace. And what the fuck does she do? She's, she's in there feeling justified, wondering if, if you know she has a lawsuit against you because she dislocated her elbow when she threw a beer bottle at your fucking head. Un fucking believable! I swear to God, if I could do life over again, I would be a judge. You know, and I would have a whole briefcase full of hammers because by the end of the day, I would throw them at so many of these cunts fucking heads. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ! You know, you know, I couldn't. Then I would just be—he hates women. I would be disbarred within two seconds. Oh, I would love to be a judge, lady. You might be the most, if I could throw someone in prison for being an absolutely reprehensible, incurable, fucking money-grubbing whore, it would be you. But I can't. The law does not allow me. So why don't you do me a favor? In a room full of perverts and scumbags, you are the worst. So get out of my fucking courtroom and make it a little cleaner. You f- fucking piece of shit I don't know this isn't even funny anymore this is that's just absolutely fucking ridiculous and what's even more ridiculous is the lack of national exposure a story like that's gonna get so you know what so let's keep a tally shall we we'll start with the sugar Shay Mosley something you know he's going through a divorce she also has to get the fucking championship belts you know why because they match her fucking shoes or because it's a vindictive move and she's trying to break a man you know We'll go with like the lighter ones. Kobe Bryant's getting a divorce. Okay. He's worth 380 million. That means his fucking wife is going to get 190 million. Probably can't hit a layup on a fucking Nerf hoop set. You know? And a bunch of broads will be like, yeah, she's entitled to it. She supported him. Unfucking believable. Just robbing these guys fucking blind. What about that goddamn yellow diamond he bought her? Why don't you go take that down to a pawn shop and live off that for the rest of your fucking life? All right there, ringless. Unfucking believable. How many more men are gonna get sliced in half with these fucking I, it's unbelievable. It's unfucking believable. And they don't do any stories about it. And when you bring it up, well, you know, we shouldn't have married her. Yeah, she should have ducked. What if I said that, right? That I'm a fucking asshole? Oh, Bill, where did the Christmas go? What what happened to the holidays, Georgia? (coughs) Oh, fuck. I can't believe I got to go Christmas shopping. Unbelievable. All right, so there you go. If you want to look up that story, we actually got that story from uh, a great website called Barstool Sports it's all Boston shit. Uh, so, just to warn you, if you're a sports fan of other sports, uh, but you know they do have stories like this. All right. The guy's named Stephen Phillips. His ex-wife is named Tracy Trucker. Oh, what a cunt! Dude, that is first ballot Hall of Fame cunt right there. No question. We're waving the five-year rule. You're going right in. <laughs> Oh, speaking of sports, technically I'm not allowed to talk about them this week. Not even technically. Literally, I'm not allowed to because the pool I'm in with Paul Versey. You know, we pick four games a week. End of the year, whoever you know has the best record, you win a hundred bucks. It's no big deal. If you go four and no, the other guy owes you twenty five bucks. You know. That's called the unimaginable. If you go 0-4, that's called the unthinkable. I have never done the unthinkable. Verzi's done it twice. I've gone 4-0 and twice. Verzi's never done it. But if you gamble long enough, this shit hits the fan. And this week, I did the unthinkable. Practically the impossible. I bet on four games and did not only did I not beat the spread, on one of them, none of my teams even won the fucking game. Granted, it was a crazy week with the Chiefs beating the Packers and the Colts finally winning and Jesus finally not taking Tim Tebow's phone calls. You know, it was, it was definitely a weird week. But still, how does one go 0-4? I, it's an absolute fucking embarrassment. So this is the thing. I was up six and a half games on Versey with 12 to go, all right? And he said before yesterday started, he goes, what I need is an absolute September 2011 Red Sox collapse out of you. So what do I do? I go 0-4. I try to help the guy out. But what does Paul Versey do? How does he respond? He went 0-3, <laughs> He went 0-3, so tonight, who does he got? He took the 49ers, given three, all right? So on a week when I did the unthinkable, I went 0-4. He could actually pick up four games, all right? He could have picked up four fucking games and only been two out and just had an unbelievable fucking comeback. What does he do? He goes 0-3. Worst I can do is lose a game. Lose a game, I'll be up five with eight to go. What's wrong with, what is wrong? I want you guys to ask Paul Versey. You know? What is what is he waiting for? He has a fear of success. Um, this is who I picked, if you're interested. I took the fucking Green Bay Packers, and I'm, I'm not fucking with the Chiefs anymore. If I bet on them, they don't show up. If I bet against them, they're world beaters. So I took the fucking Green Bay Packers. I took the Giants at home playing the Redskins. They're playing for the playoffs. Redskins got nothing to lose, and they got Rex Grossman. Anything beyond 17 yards, he's throwing it up for grabs. Given five and a half. No biggie. I'll take the Giants. There's a fucking win. They get their asses kicked. Then this is the only dumb one I had. You know, I didn't even look. I didn't even realize uh, the Bears' starting quarterback uh, wasn't playing, you know? And I was like, the Bears got a good defense. I think Pete Carroll's a pussy. Or maybe it's just because he wears those Dockers. I say the Bears. They, the Bears are going to cover. I didn't realize that their starting quarterback wasn't it. Not to say that if their starting quarterback wasn't in, I would have taken Seattle. But I would have stayed away from that game. You know? Fucking Panthers have been making me money for fucking weeks. I stay away from those guys. They come in and kick the shit out of them. And then finally... I uh, had to pick between the Ravens and the the San Diego Chargers, you know? And who knows what the fuck the Chargers are. Are they this team? Are they that team? And I'm like, whatever. The Ravens are consistently a good defensive team. I'm going to take these guys. Joe Flacco, whatever. Maybe he'll get something done. So I take the fucking Ravens. And they get raped. Fucking raped. Who the fuck did Verzi take? Verzi took Tim Tebow and Jesus. To beat Tom Brady and Satan, Bill Belichick. Or at least some people consider him Satan. And, uh, you know, the devil always wins on earth, people. I don't know if you realize that. Um, So he lost that one. He took the Jets. They got raped. Who else did he take? It's somebody else in there. Oh, he had the fucking, he had the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals playing the Browns, giving six. I was actually at that game. I went to that. That's a legendary stadium. That's where the fucking undefeated Patriots lost to Eli Manning, who I was convinced was going to make the playoffs and go on another run and beat the undefeated Packers in Green Bay and then go on to win another Super Bowl. And he would be bigger than Joe Namath in New York and uh, bigger than his brother at home. That's what I thought was going to happen. And now I don't even fucking know. So who knows? So ho- I'm hoping tonight Verzi goes 0-4, and I'm going to fucking laugh my ass off, wipe my brow, and then, you know what's funny? I didn't even win one game, and my magic number will be down to fucking two at that point. Uh, who knows? That'll be two years in a row that I beat Verzi. So don't don't email Verzi this week. Wait till I win. You know, if I win at this point. Jesus Christ. 0-4. So I can't talk any more sports this week. You know? All I will say is that Tim Tebow looks like the lead singer of that dude in Mumford and Sons. Better, uh, he's in better shape and way less annoying. I don't like that guy stomping around. You know, <laughs> 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 quit stomping your fucking foot. It's annoying. Um, anyways, all right. Diet tip. Hello, Bill. Hello, Bill. Uh, I've been hearing you bitch about staying in shape and eating right for a while now, and I thought I could help you out. Good, dude. I'll take any any help you got. Um, You know, in order to eat right, you don't have to eat like a pussy. Oatmeal and whatnot. (laughs) Why is oatmeal eating like a pussy? Oh, my God. He's going to go old school. Real men eat barbecue. Yeah, that's what you do. You shove a cow up your ass. That's right. And then you have cancer, and then you fucking die when you're 50, like fucking uh, Vince Lombardi. You gonna be one of those guys with this short-sleeve dress shirt? Go ahead, dude. Tell me how to tell me how to die like they did in the 1940s. Here we go. What I'm saying is, I found a way to eat awesome shit and stay in shape. It's called intermittent fasting or lean gains. Don't you love that he said I'm eating like a pussy? All right, and then he's gonna say and now he he eats like a supermodel this this is the supermodel diet, yeah, I know you go you go and you get you eat fucking barbecue and then you go puke behind a dumpster or you just sit there and you don't eat, you know, like one of those big raccoon eyed fucking uh the fuck's that disease called anorexic girls, you know those little skeletal girls, okay, so what do I have to do basically what you do is Create an 8 hours fasting window. And when I say fasting, I mean, oh, feasting window. When I say feasting, I mean eating like a monster and 16 hours of fasting. You can drink diet soda or coffee or tea without sugar, water, and stuff in the 16-hour window of fasting. Yeah, oh, Jesus. If you're interested, check this website, leangains.com. It has lots of info. Anyways, the podcast is awesome. You love this shit? He's just trying to help me out. But you started it, dude. You called me a pussy. and You know me. I'm defensive. I'm always going to fucking react. Why is eating oatmeal a fucking... Well, that's not a pussy move. You know what's a pussy move? if If you make oatmeal and then you put brown sugar in it and some blueberries and all that type of shit, I just fucking throw it in the bowl. I eat like a goddamn fucking prisoner of war. That's how I start my day. Um... I don't know. You know what? I've actually read some shit about fasting that's actually good for your digestive tract to give it a break. You know, most people just call it eight hours of sleep. But um I heard it's actually good. You kind of give everything else a rest, but uh your digestive tract is kinda like uh it's kinda like the subways in New York. You know? <laughs> I mean the trains run less frequently at night, if you know what I'm saying. Disgusting. Um Wait, this guy's from Macedonia? And he goes, oh yeah, I speak better English than you. Of course you do. It's because we have a fucking better economy. If you guys had nuclear weapons and a good economy, our economy sucks. I I would speak Macedonian. You know, I'm really sick of these fucking cunts who think they're absolutely brilliant because they can speak more than one language. You know what I mean? It's really not that fucking impressive. You know, if if you if you're in if you live in America and you learn to speak more than one language, that's fucking impressive. Because you don't need to. You you learn to speak fucking English because you had to. You think I'm sitting around listening to any podcasts from fucking Macedonia? I don't even know where the fuck it is. Macedonia? That sounds like some fucking shit that got washed away by the ocean. Where the fuck is That sounds like a part of the world Republic of Macedonia Is that near Madagascar? I only know Madagascar Because they made a fucking cartoon about it Alright, let's look it up on the map please And I know a lot of you are laughing A lot of you don't even know where the fuck it is either Was this part of the eastern Bloc? Oh, go fuck yourself You weren't even a goddamn country when I was a kid No wonder I don't know you you know what you guys? You guys are like an expansion franchise. The goddamn Jacksonville Jaguars are fucking older than your country. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. We were called Macedonian before fucking Stalin. Well you lost, you fuck. I don't give a shit. It's like it's like you fell off the wagon. It starts over again. I'm actually decent with geography. You guys won't believe me. I'd go start naming some countries, but you wouldn't believe me because you'd think I'd be looking at a map. Um where the fuck am I going? Let me get back to the goddamn podcast. All right, let's plow ahead here. Um, dilemmas. Dilemmas. How far into this podcast are we? Thirty-one goddamn minutes. All right, dilemmas. Hey Bill, do you think you could run faster if someone stole something really important from you and you were chasing them down the street? Uh or if you stole something from someone else and you were being you were the one being chased. Uh, that's not really a dilemma, but that's a great fucking question. Um, that all comes down to what was stolen from me or what I stole. If I robbed a fucking bank, uh I could outrun Bo Jackson because I have that level of fear of going to prison. Bo Jackson back in the day, by the way. Um... But if somebody stole something really important, somebody stole my fucking dog. Yeah, I could probably. Yeah, I would say if someone stole my dog, you know, that would be it. if someone stole something else, I, I would give him a good chase for two blocks. and be like, ah, I'll fucking buy another one. You know, I don't know, dude. That's not a dilemma. Uh, OK, number two. Somebody gave me a great one this week. They said, what would you rather do? Would you rather. What was that last week? I can't even fucking remember. Somebody said, would you rather marry a stripper or have your daughter become one? No, that was last week, right? I don't fucking remember. All right, number two. Would you rather be part of, be part, start over, Bill. Just relax, take a deep breath. Would you rather be at a party full of people you hate and have to conduct small talk with every one of them for the entire night or be on on a public bus for an entire week? You have to eat your meals and sleep on the bus, and you can get off at the depot to use the toilet, yeah dude you, what that's a week of hell versus the fucking an entire night. yeah, that was an easy one. There's really no dilemmas this week that was fucking that was an easy week. Be at a party I'm always at parties full of people I hate i don't I hate going to parties, you know, especially if they're theme parties. We're all going to dress up. I don't want to do that shit, you know? All right. All well, this podcast. Where, where did it die? Where did it fucking die? Um, Advice. You know what's funny? The douchebag of the week last week was going, it died with the dilemmas. I told you they suck. Um, High five yourself, sir. Um, Advice. Bill, just wanted to say I went to Carnegie Hall and loved your show. I'm new to the podcast, and I want your advice on a lady. That used to be a huge part of my life. Okay, here we go. So, I'm a pasty white guy from the Bronx. And uh, I went out with a Dominican chick for five years, during which I learned Spanish fluently so I could speak to her parents who didn't speak English. See that? There you go. There's an American doing it because he had to. Um, and for the first three and a half years of the relationship, I felt deeply in love with her. Well, he, he writes, what a fag. You're not a fag. that's a good thing. And respected her reasons for not having sex during those first three and a half years. Oh gee. Geez. So skip forward a bit. I started thinking she might be the one. Then she graduated college and got an offer to teach English in Japan. First off, I don't know how someone doesn't have a full grasp of the language. Someone who doesn't have a full grasp of the language herself can teach others, but that's for them to deal with. So she said it was only going to be for a year and she wanted to stay together. A few months pass and she says, oh God, no, dude, she, she's slowly breaking up with you. Anyways, a few months pass and she says they want her to stay another year and that she wanted to go off on some hippie trip to Africa. So I told her to go fuck herself. Good for you. My question is how to explain to everyone. Uh, how much of a selfish cunt this girl is? Because for some reason, everyone thinks she's a saint. Did you tell him the story? She go. He goes. I look like the asshole, especially when that typhoon slash earthquake slash Armageddon hit Japan last year, and people were asking me how she was, and I said, "Fuck knows, maybe dead." <laughs> I fucking love this guy. Now this bitch is coming home after three years over there and won't stop trying to contact me over Facebook. For some reason, she can't understand how selfish she was. How do I explain to this cunt how fucked up she is? Thanks for your advice, Billy boy. Um. All right. This is what we really need to discuss here. Um. Well, how do you feel about her? Do you still love her? All right. If you do, I don't know what to tell you because she fucked you over. She fucked you over, okay? You don't do that to somebody. All right, I'm going to go off to Japan. It's only going to be for a fucking year and you hang around for a year. And then after the year's up, I'm going to go to fucking Africa and go traipse around there. That really, She really didn't want to come back and see you at that point in your life. And now she's done, you know? sucking the fucking rainbow of dick she probably had since she left you. And believe me, she has, because women don't count that over-the-sea shit. I think Chris Rock had a bit about that, which is so fucking true. Um, now she's coming back to you. So this is, this, is, this is what I'll tell you, all right? Fuck people who don't understand how you feel about this girl. Fuck them, all right? You know how you feel about this girl. Now, I don't know how you feel about this girl. All I know is how you're telling me you feel about her. So that's all I can go with. You're telling me, fuck this cunt. I don't like her anymore. I want her out of my life. Is, is the vibe you're giving me. All right? It sounds like she's contacting you on Facebook and you're having conversations with her. She keeps contacting you, which would indicate to me that you still either have some sort of unresolved anger or you still like this girl, at which point you got to figure that shit out. But if you really don't like this girl... You don't like this girl? I'm telling you. Alright? You gotta you gotta cut this girl out of your life. You can't talk to her on Facebook. You can't you can't have this girl come back in your life. That's what my gut's telling me. You can't fuck this girl, dude. What are you doing? She just kicked you in the fucking balls, pulled out your heart, showed it to you, giggled in your face, and then went off to Africa to fuck the Zulu nation. Okay? Which is her fucking prerogative. Now she's coming back. All right? And she's contacting you again. Dude, she's like some fucking sailor. She's got a different dick in every port. And now she's coming back going, No, no, baby. How you, no, don't be like that. You know, back of her hand rubbing the side of your cheek. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. She just wants a ride to the airport all the way up to fucking 167th fucking street under the George Washington Bridge. Tell her to go there herself, all right, with all her fucking uh, world-traveling money. My gut tells me do not get back together with this girl. Don't, all right? There's other fish in the sea, and they don't go across the sea and say that they're coming back and then don't come back and then go over more seas and then go fuck some land fish. That didn't make any sense, but you know what the fuck I'm talking about, all right? Come on, man. Step outside this shit. Look what she's doing. She's coming back to town. She's coming back to town like a fucking sailor. She got to come in on a tall ship with one of those little fucking hats on. Fuck that, dude, all right? If she breaks your heart again, don't fucking write to me because you deserve it. You don't deserve it. Nobody deserves it, but come on. All right. That's what I would say. Um, oh, what did he say? For some reason, she can't understand how selfish she was. That's because she's selfish. How do I explain to this cunt how fucked up she is? Dude, yeah, look at you, man. You're, you're allowing her to suck you back into her life. Fuck that. This is how you explain how much of a cunt she was. You, you stop taking her fucking calls. You stop taking her, her, her emails on Facebook, dude. She's going to fucking do it to you again like that bitch does to fucking Charlie Brown. Charles M. Schultz was trying to teach you a lesson when you read those cartoons. That's what that whole story is about. Every time he comes in to kick the football and she pulls it away, Charles M. Schultz was trying to say, a cunt is a cunt is a cunt. All right? But you just can't say that back in the day. You couldn't put that in a newspaper. Um, Number two, Bill. I've been hearing you bitch about. This is the same shit. This was also in uh, Advice and in Diet Tips. Jesus Christ. All right, overrated, underrated for the week. Um, all right, overrated. Taken off a f- taking off on a Friday. Uh, now that it's the end of the year, everyone at my job has to burn off the rest of their vacation, holiday-slash-personal days by the end of the year. So I checked the calendar, and they are all taking Fridays off. Granted, getting a day off kicks ass. But isn't Friday the best day of the work week? Uh, Oh, that's overrated, taking Friday off. Isn't Friday the best day of the work week? Everyone's in a good mood, looking forward to the weekend, and you're sitting on your couch doing nothing, which leads me to underrated, taking off on Monday. Look at this guy, thinking outside the box. Good for you. Good for you. Why is this not a better option? First, Monday is the worst day of the week. You can get as shit-faced as you want while watching footballs for for twelve hours on Sunday, uh, but you'll show up on Tuesday bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. This guy's got a great theory here; it's fucking great. Besides, when you were hungover on Monday, it isn't uh, isn't work the last place you want to ble- want to be. Plus, not only did you get a day off, but you only got a four-day work week ahead, work week ahead ahead of you. Uh, thanks to all my idiot co-workers taking up all the Fridays. I don't have to experience a single Monday for the rest of the month. Dude, that is awesome. This guy's a genius. The added bonus is that I get to listen to the Monday morning podcast in the comfort of my home instead of hold up in my office. I finally moved up from the cubicle. Good for you, sir. Now, this is how you add to your happiness. All right, you find a girl... Who will celebrate Valentine's Day on February 15th. You know? You get some drinking buddies that don't want to go out on St. Patrick's Day. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Run with the herd when it's good to be with the herd. Alright? But when they're going over the cliff you just slow down. Slow down. Stand to the side and watch them all go over. Fuck that. That's fucking genius. Yeah, Monday's the worst. Actually, you know what I find is the worst fucking day of the week is Tuesday. Monday, I was always so fucking stunned that my life, you know, with the, with the realization that my life still sucked. Like, wow, I really still work here? I was so fucking stunned that but by the time I realized, by the time I came through, it was already lunch hour. It was Tuesday. Tuesday when the re- was the day when the reality of my life sunk in. Hang on. The lovely Mia, everybody. The fence guy is here and he wants to talk to me. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Hang on a second, everybody. I have to talk to the fence guy. All right, and I'm back. The fence guy. Jesus Christ. I didn't even mention that. I finally ended up buying a friggin' house out here. You know? And, uh, you know, nothing crazy. But I finally got out from uh that... Crazy old guy I was living above. And uh, then you get a house and you think, okay, no more crazy guy. No more crazy guy. And then it just becomes one fucking thing after another. Ah, you got termites in your fence. Ah, you got locusts on the roof. I'll tell you, you know what the problem is? Is your hot water heater is leaking into your dryer. Now, I don't know who did this work before. just tell me how much it is. Well, you see what you got here is you have uh you have galvanized pipe up to here and you have copper to here. Now, I mean it's up to you, but the discoloration in the water
1: Oh Jesus.
0: The amount of times since I got this place that I've been thinking of the money pit and Tom Hanks watching that bathtub go through the fucking floor. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck you know. That's why I'm working three weeks in a row, everybody. I'm back on the fucking hook. Back on the hook. He's a working stiff. Um, Whatever. whatever it's going to cost me a fucking fortune. I do everything first class, though. I don't know if you guys know that. I don't, I don't buy a lot of shit, but when I do it, I fucking do it right. I pay somebody else to do it. <laughs> That's what I do. And I got a good gauge. I got a good gauge whether I'm getting fucked or not, you know? First guy who came over here. He had that little, uh, "Hey, what can I tell you today to get you in this fucking bathtub tomorrow?" He had that vibe. So he did. He did one day work, and I was like, "Go fuck yourself." Then I, uh, I asked around to some other homeowners, and uh, you know, I'm gradually assembling my fucking A team here. As far as people, uh, you know, it's fun though. When you have something fucked up with your house and then you just have people come in and put bids on it. And you just, yeah, okay, well, that's great, all right. What do you got? What do you got? what can you do this for, huh? What do I got to pay you? You know, but I definitely, I don't do that shit where I get people who aren't, um you got to be licensed. So I pay more money, but I'm not dealing with, I'm like you know, you go down to the fucking Home Depot, you know, and all those goddamn refugees down there. God bless them. They fucking work harder than I do, but I swear to God, they will just, you know, you should have seen the wiring in this fucking house. I swear to God, it looked like, uh it looked like a goddamn jungle. And, and I actually brought in an electrician who was licensed and it was the funniest fucking thing because he'd be underneath the house in the crawl space. They don't have basements out here, so they got crawl spaces. So he's underneath the house. <laughs> like <laughs> Every 20 minutes, I would just hear him under the house going like, what the fuck? Are you shitting me? You gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just be upstairs laughing, knowing it's costing me a fortune, but it's worth it because I don't have to be under the house. I don't know how to fucking do it. Even if I did, I don't have to try and figure out what the fuck some unlicensed. I mean, me as a goddamn novice, I walked under the house and I was going like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me!" I don't know what that is, but there's no way that that isn't up to code. Dude, I actually had, I went into the house and I could smell gas. They had like two fucking gas lines that weren't properly capped. It wasn't just openly, it was just sort of seeping out. But fortunately, we get a great crosswind here. So when we lit a fire, we didn't fucking blow the place up. But <laughs> we had some fucking issues. This is what I've learned in the few months I have a house. Having a house is like buying a classic car, you know? You don't know what the fuck the last person did to it. It looks awesome, you know? But guaranteed, you know, there's been a lot of donuts, a lot of burnouts, some neutral drops, and you're going to have to pay for it. So I'm gradually getting this place fucking ship-shaped. So hang on a second. Why don't I be a gentleman and hit pause when I fucking blow my nose? That's what I'm going to do. Hold on. So anyways... um, yeah, I'm gradually going to get this fucking place in uh, in mint condition. Keeping it looking like, you know, the same way if I ever got a classic car, I would do it. I would keep it looking like an old car. But, you know, underneath the hood, it would have, be like all that brand new shit, you know. Um, I don't fucking know. But that guy, that guy's relentless, man. We have, I have like a fence that I share with a neighbor and it had termites in it. I guess technically it was their fence, you know. And some termites come up from the ground. Others have wings like fucking Jordan, and they just fly under your fucking house. <laughs> fucking. Oh, my God. I don't even want to talk about it. So I think we've alleviated the problem. This fucking guy is going to come in. He's wiping out the whole fence. He's putting down this other kind of wood that I guess termites don't really like. I don't fucking... Who the hell knows? I have no idea. All I know is it's going to be a brand new fucking fence. And everything that gets fixed is one less thing I have to fix. Although I I have done some of the shit. I did all the locks. You know, that's not true. I had a guy come in and he taught me how to do the locks. And I I did some of them. He did the others. But I've been going down and going down to this hardware store. And they got these, uh, you know, we got those old-fashioned handles. So the spindles are really uh, basically... Stripped on a lot of them So I've been gradually Fucking replacing those Starting small You know I don't fucking know Whatever I tell jokes I'm good at that shit So I'm not gonna fuck up My own goddamn house So what I'm saying is Is I'm gonna be coming To a city near you Sometime soon Sometime soon Because I got a fucking House to pay for now I got a nice Healthy level of debt I'm helping Keeping the economy rolling Speaking of which What are you guys doing For New Year's yeah, would you like to go to an unbelievable comedy show? I bet you would. Are you in the San Francisco Bay Area? Do you got a lady who wants somewhere to go? Uh come on out. I'm going to be up there New Year's Eve. I'll be performing in San Francisco, California. And I will not only me will be on the show. Also, the legendary Dave Attell, star of the new hit show on Showtime, Dave's Old Porn. So it's Dave Attell, myself, um, The Daily Show's latest superstar, Al Madrigal, one of the funniest, most original, and fucking great dudes. By the way, the guy who hooked me up with my electrician and co-host of uh, Minivan Minivan Men podcast, Al Madrigal, will be on the show. And I know what you're thinking, like, Jesus Christ, that's almost too much show. Who else could – there's no way they could, they could somehow shoehorn another major talent. What do you think? You think you're playing with Kids Hill here? Huh? We actually have the sensation is going to be on the show. For those of you who don't know who the sensation is, the teen idol sensation from the Opie and Anthony program, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Joe DeRosa. Fresh. From his stay at the Malibu Rehab Center. He was a little, you know, he was suffering from exhaustion once again. He's been released from his contract over at RCA. And uh, he's got a brand new hour of material. And you're going to be seeing about 20 minutes of it. Joe DeRosa, the man born in in the wrong time. You know? You ever watch those old fucking Hollywood movies that are in black and white and everybody walks around with the skinny ties and they're slapping girls on their asses in the office and they're drinking scotch? You know, that's the era Joe should have been born in. But the thing is, is Joe lies to himself and says that he would have been one of the cool guys. But the reality is, is he would have been down in the mailroom looking like Jerry Lewis in The Nutty Professor. (laughs) (laughs) But don't tell him. Don't tell him that. Let him live that Sinatra fantasy. Let him walk around with his Dean Martin haircut. You know his cardigan sweater. Let him do that. Let him live the life and have a good time. He's going to be there, and I know what you're thinking. Well, that's got to be it, Bill. There's no, there's no other way that they got another comedian on that show. Also, well, we actually do. Philadelphia Zone, the storytelling king, the Intercontinental champion from 2003 to 2005. Big J Okerson. Big J Okerson. Remember Black Jack Mulligan, I uh, used to go on stage, or was it Hacksaw? I don't know the fuck his name. The guy used to go on stage with a piece of 2x4. That dude actually stole that from Jay O'Kerson. Jay O'Kerson used to go on stage, you know. And in one hand, he held the microphone as he wielded his, wielded his comedic magic. And in the other hand, he actually had a piece of 2x4. And uh, it's just the kind of guy he was. And No one questioned it, you know. He just looked like, you know. We all love Jay, you know. he He has... He's always reminded us of of sort of a white trashier Bob Seger. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. All those guys are fucking, uh, they're awesome. All right. Why did I just say I'm just kidding like you actually thought that that was serious? I'm just trying to say that it's going to be an unbelievable show. And it's going to be at the Knob Hill (laughs) Masonic Center. I know everybody in England is laughing because they call each other knobs. I think that means you're a fucking dickhead. We're at the Dickhead Hill Masonic Center, for those of you in England. People here in the States, we're at the Knob Hill Masonic Center uh, in San Francisco, California. One show only, New Year's Eve. Get your tickets to Going Fast, and then I take two weeks off before I go out. Uh, I'm going to Houston, Texas on January 20th. I'll be at the House of Blues, and, uh, and I'll be at the Paramount Theater in Austin, Texas. And this is basically what's going down is uh, me, the red-headed, bearded face douchebag, as I'm getting ready to do another special that I'm going to be taping March 3rd in Washington, D.C. at a yet-to-be-named theater, unless somebody already named it. Um, I'm going to be getting ready to do another hour of stand-up, and uh, I'm doing a little redneck tour to get ready. I got dates coming up in Charlotte. I'm going to be playing the Stardom Theater in Birmingham, Alabama, and then I'm doing a theater in Atlanta. And that's right around February 9th. i got to get those dates up on my website. Then I'm coming back around. I'm doing the Fox Theater in Connecticut, uh, the Bergen PAC in Inglewood, New Jersey. I'm going to be going through everywhere. i be doing some shows in Los Angeles, Westbury, New York, everywhere. I'm going to be getting ready to do my next special. So please come out. Support me. But as of right now, come out to Knob Hill, whatever the fuck it's called, the Knob Hill um, Masonic Center for that New Year's Eve party. Of stand-up hilarity. All right? We have the link up at BillBurr.com. And uh, I think that's the podcast for this week. I believe that's it. I hope all you guys uh, enjoyed it. I hope you all have a great week. A wonderful Merry Christmas. Even though I know you're not supposed to say Merry Christmas. I always say it. Merry Christmas. You know? Somebody Jewish says Happy Hanukkah to me. I don't get offended. I know they don't mean it in a bad way. When I go to Hawaii and someone says hello. I mean, not hello. They say fucking... uh, Aloha. I know they're just saying hello. I don't get mad at them. Say what's up. That's what we say. That's less offensive. Um, So that's it. And as always, people, um, if you need a last-second gift for Christmas, please buy uh, Patrice O'Neill's Elephant in the Room. If you need a gift just to get somebody, you can pre-order Patrice O'Neill's Mr. P on iTunes. I can't stress that enough. Uh, The response to this has been overwhelming. And like I said, the money is going to his wife, his mom, his stepdaughter, and they are overwhelmed with the support. Everybody's showing, so please keep doing it. It means the world to me that you guys responded the way that you did. And uh, please keep doing it. Like I said, it's on iTunes, Mr. P. I've already listened to some of the tracks. I also pre-ordered it. I can't wait to hear it. Um, And when you get it, Please tell all your friends about uh, Patrice O'Neal because people have to know how funny that that guy was. You know what I mean? Um, that's it. You guys all have a good week. Go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you next week. And uh, if anybody's got some got some good football picks, please send them to me and Paul Versey, because God knows we need the help considering we're 0-7 at this point. All right. See
1: you. Up and down your mood.